Thank you for listening to This Podcast is Haunted. Before we begin, here's a quick content warning from one of your hosts, Jen. There's a content warning on this episode for uh, sexual assault, rape, uh, in murder, and suicide. Uh, so that's in my story. Heads up. Thank you again, and please enjoy the show. Welcome, spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. All right, everybody, you guys ready for a fucking podcast? Woo! Okay, okay, we got got this. Someone, (laughs) Someone commented in our Facebook group, which was... A delightful sign of the times that uh, they were on what episode something in the 70s and they had jumped forward to our Halloween episode and they're like what happened big change in tone yeah uh, <laughs> whoops uh, things have been different <laughs> yep yep I think um this year is just like listening back to episodes from and like that got me thinking about the episode where we were like oh my god guys we're gonna do a live Oh, right. And then the world fell apart. Yeah, that was kind of like the start of like the sharp downturn. Just a real, real sharp downturn. <laughs> oh. But, you know, everyone's experiencing it. I feel like we're we're trying our best to not be like overt like downers for y'all. Like that's that's no fun. But I, I think also like it would be remiss of us to not like. I mean, it would we would just be lying if we were going to be pretend that nothing was wrong. Right. Can you imagine? Like, I don't even sound right. Um, mm. And the reason that I don't sound right uh, is fairly horrifying. Do you want to hear it? Uh, do I? <laughs> my immune system is eating my nose. Uh. I know. Isn't that a great sentence? Uh, so the, the Wegners is eating the veins in my body. And there's a lot of mm. veins in your nose. Mm-hmm. And your nose is very small, and it's just pack chock a block full of uh, veins. Mm-hmm. So eventually, my nose is going to crumble under my skin. Oh boy. And there will not even be enough stuff to rebuild it from scratch. I'll have to get like a full on plastic nose. Ooh. A la Meg Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you can just. Yeah, I'll just be able to pick a new one. I guess go shopping for noses. <laughs> exactly. That's the bright side. Uh, yeah. I think I will get the Meg Ryan. She's got a real cute nose. Mm hmm. Just just start looking through People Magazine and circling the ones that you like. <laughs> well, and if you've ever seen me, my nose is a little too small for my face, so we'll finally have the opportunity to clear that up. Ooh. So what I'm saying is, after all the plastic surgery and the kidneys are in, it's over for you, hoes. <laughs> oh, uh, also, <laughs> I just referenced that. Who's got two thumbs and needs new kidneys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm transplant bound. Uh, it's going to be a long road. Um, because mm-hmm. I also have to lose roughly half my body weight. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> oh God. So it's going to be a long road, but that's okay. Um, kidneys are cool because you can get a living donor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't want to benefit from somebody's passing. Mm-hmm. So this is better. Yeah. All right. So this is now a bummer. <laughs> Let's move on to something better. Also... 
Full disclosure, uh, we have to get this out of the way because who knows what the fuck's going to happen. We are recording this on November 2nd. Oh, right. (laughs) Sorry to everyone in the rest of the world. Uh, We apologize for how much our news is just permeating all media. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you live in a beautiful world. Maybe you live in New Zealand. (laughs) Where you don't hear about our news. Yeah, maybe you live in New Zealand, and if you do, can you please take us in? Right. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not me, just leave me alone, but take Jen. She deserves better. So we won't be discussing any of the results of the election, of the U.S. election, because we don't know what they are yet, and oh my god. Uh, So moving right along. And we might not know until fucking January, so. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Let's talk about a place where I would very much like to go... That is not here. Anywhere? Anywhere. You'd like to talk about anywhere? Literally anywhere anywhere in the world. But also this place is on my bucket list. Is it? Yes. It's totally on mine too. Yeah. I I have to admit a lot of it is from the Instagrams. Really? Oh, do you follow a lot of travel Instagrams? Um, Some. But like there's just some beautiful, beautiful pictures that I've seen of Iceland. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. Iceland! Um, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Iceland is fascinating. Yeah. And uh, beautiful, um, unexpected, mm-hmm. romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, people are really into hiking there, which I'm a little skeptical of, but you know, yeah. everybody's got a thing. There's also like natural springs, which I'm really into. Um, yes. The mud and the water are blue. Yes. I'm excited about the idea of just chilling in a big vat of stuff, of soup. Like, it looks like the drink from the beginning of Star Wars. Yes. That Aunt Beru is making. Yes. Like, the blue milk stuff. Blue milk. <laughs> and, guys, you know how we butcher names? <laughs> yes. Listen, this, I'm sorry in advance we to ap- all of the people of Iceland. We apologize. Your language is so hard. I did look up some pronunciations, but also, please forgive me. Right. We, it's not that we are trying to be offensive. We have a great deal of respect for you. Uh, we're and, just uh, we're really dumb. sorry. Dumb. <laughs> we're just dumb Americans. Dumb Americans. <laughs> we try real hard, though. <laughs> All right. So, so, man, what else do we, is there anything else we need to talk about? I feel like we're just like really jumping in here. Well, I feel like, I mean, people are apprised of the situation and we've had a wonderful, did you have, uh, how did your Halloween go? You know what? My Halloween was really nice. Good. Um, we are canceling all the other holidays. Mm-hmm. So because of my immunocompromised state, uh, it is not safe for me to celebrate with large groups of people. Mm-hmm. So we have canceled Thanksgiving. We have canceled Christmas, which is a real bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to be Dan and I, um, as it is every day, which is great. I love Dan. <laughs> Certainly nobody's going to get murdered in this house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But I wasn't going to give up on thanks on, on Halloween. Yeah. I just wasn't. Yeah. And so Dan and I came to a deal. Mm-hmm. I love trick-or-treaters. I think kids in costumes are the greatest thing in the entire world. <laughs> and so uh, we set it in our garage. We put up a table. We double-bagged all the candy. So, like, there was two full-size candy bars in each, like, sandwich bag. Mm-hmm. So it's safe for kids to touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we had, like, sanitizer and stuff out. <laughs> And then we sat about 20 feet back inside the garage sure. and just like said hi to everybody. We got to talk to some of our neighbors and see our neighbor kids. My neighbor kid was a firefighter. Oh. He's the cutest. Oh my God, he's so cute. He's two years old. Oh my God. And he kept shouting that um, 
firefighters help people. Oh my god. And as you know, we live behind a fire station, yes. so like it's his favorite place to go. He even turned his little wagon into a fire truck with like lights and a little ladder. Oh my god. Oh, oh. I love that kid. Oh, that's so precious. It was so great. So uh, lots of inflatable costumes this year, mm. which I think was fun and a really good way to kind of um, keep a tag on Miss Rona. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I still got to enjoy Halloween. Mm-hmm. I carved a pumpkin. Beautiful. It was incredibly difficult because mm-hmm. I lost all those muscles. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was good. Okay. I'm glad we did it. All right. Fantastic. How about you? Um, we we were here in the house last year and we had candy and no one came to our door. Sad. Which was very sad. Um, so this year I didn't really know what to expect because it was like, well, if nobody came last year, then who's going to come this year? Um, but we did see – it was – what was also like very interesting about this year was that it was – compared to last year, it was perfect Halloween weather. It was – It was. 50 degrees, like a little breezy but not cold. Uh, it felt like it was written by like the Halloween tree. Yes. Yeah, it was – it was a Halloween made for – like hocus pocus it was a perfect yes perfect day um so we did see some people walking around we saw a little kid dressed as a dinosaur walking around with his parents um and uh and our across the street neighbors put out a little table with little paper bags that were decorated um which was very cute and so we we ended up running out to get some candy and we kind of just put it out on a bucket on our porch and i think some people came and got it because i think some of it disappeared but we didn't really see anyone take it um but laura was here we had a quiet week where she was just hanging out we were just being you know good people at home uh but so we watched uh i made her watch the conjuring with me actually she wanted to watch a scary movie so i was uh i was like okay here are your choices and she chose how did that go she she had to have her safety uh, phone game for, for a lot of it yeah. for distraction. Whereas I just cover my eyes and make you tell me what's happening. Yes, yes, yes. But it was and then violently hit you when you're too slow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was fun because that's a great movie. So it is a really great movie, yeah. and Patrick Wilson is stupid hot. Oof, man. Patrick Wilson is hot. Vera Farmiga is hot. I love her blouses in this movie. It's just fantastic. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. All right, well, neither of them are about Iceland. Yes, back to <laughs> we Iceland. We were like, let's do this thing, yeah. and then Halloween. Absolutely. Sorry, Sorry guys. No chit-chat, except for this quick deviation <laughs> into Halloween. Uh, oh, worth it, worth it. I mean, it's spooky season. We got to do what we got to do. We have to cover our, cover the news <laughs> on our front. Um, so, yes, Iceland. Um, I didn't do a ton of research on, like, the history of Iceland as a whole because – that's not, I'm talking about one place in particular. Um, so what we do, what I do know about Iceland is that it's, you know, a small island nation and north of, it's like between, you know, Scandinavia and Canada. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was. You seem unsure, but let me, uh, let me assure you here. Yes, yes that is correct. That is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was uh, originally settled in like the 800s by Vikings. Good, uh, good. Are you checking my work? 
Uh, no, but I did the same one. Okay, thank you. I also have Wikipedia. Okay, thank you. You can circle back to that when we when we get to you. Um, so I will cease with the history lesson on that front um, for now. Um, the, the specific place I'm going to talk about is the number one result when you Google haunted <laughs> places in Iceland, which is, and I think I'm pronouncing this correct because I double-checked it a lot, Hoofdy House. Say it again. Hoofdy House. <laughs> Perfect. Thank what you. does that mean? It, I don't know what it means. It's a name. Oh, okay. Cool. It's the name of this house. Um, it is in Reykjavik. Um, it was built in 1909, prefabricated in Norway, and then they shipped it over there and, and erected it. Um, A lot of houses are like that there because they really don't have very many trees. Yeah, I've, I found that out. They, I mean, obviously they used to have more trees and they cut a lot of them down. Um, and now trees are pretty scarce there, except for there's this one cemetery in Reykjavik that is like very forested and very creepy looking. Um, Love it. Yeah. I'm not talking about that one though. I'm talking about sure. Hoofdy House. Uh, Hoofdy House. Hoofdy House. <laughs> Uh, so it is it's kind of like a nondescript white two-story house with large windows and and the roof is kind of like a mix between a mansard roof if you can think of like like parisian like townhouses yes and and like a barn roof like think amityville like a dutch colonial yeah um so it kind of it's kind of interesting looking like that um it was initially built for the french consul jean-paul brillon uh, I don't know. We're going to go with one of those. And we're going to butcher the French as much as we're going to butcher the... Uh, listen, I am an equal opportunity uh, butcher of languages. It's true. Yeah. This isn't xenophobia, guys. It's, we just can't do anything right. It's my dumb brain. Um, and so it was, it was erected in 1909, and it was the largest private estate in the city. It was lived in by a bunch of different people. It was only the French consulate for a very short time. Uh, from 1913 to 1925, it was the exclusive resident of poet, lawyer, businessman, and magistrate Einar Benedictson. Damn, he was busy. Busy man. Also, I feel like it might be one of those situations where Reykjavik wasn't a huge city at the time, and so you just kind of do everything. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure, like how in the uh, American West, the Undertaker was also like the hardware store yeah. owner, and I mean there was probably more than like twenty people in the town, but you know it's it's a small, it's still not a large city, so right, you know. right. Although, as far as like morals go, mm-hmm. and like really classy government, mm-hmm. Iceland as a whole, pretty cool. Yeah, take us, please take us. Um, well, I promise to try to learn your language. I'll do a Duolingo. <laughs> I don't promise that, but please take us. I'm strong like bull, or I, I used to be, and I will be again. Strong like bull. Uh, I will make much money for Island Nation. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Einar uh, Benedictson, his poetry was a sig- uh, significant contribution to reviving Icelandic national pride, and he was active in founding the, oh God, why did I do this to myself, Landvarnar Flokurin. The, <laughs> cool which was the political movement for Icelandic independence oh. yeah 
Um, he was also an editor of Iceland's first daily newspaper, the Dagstra. They didn't have a newspaper before 1913? I well, I he lived in he lived in Hufti House from ni- starting in 1913. I don't know when he was the newspaper editor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, during this time when he was living in Hovde House, uh, this is when the rumors of it being haunted started. What appears to be the main entity uh, haunting Hovde House, I don't know why, but I really just got excited about the fact that I looked up how to pronounce it. And so I just like wrote it a million times in my notes. Say it as many times as you can. It's amazing. So full disclosure, the timeline of this is a little skewed because or confusing because different sources say different things. <laughs> Naturally. So apparently Einar Benediktsson was also a governor of one of Iceland's northern provinces for a time. Hmm. It's unclear what all he did and didn't do. (laughs) Um, And so while he was there, he um, investigated a case um, where a woman named Solberg Jondisdottir was allegedly assaulted uh, by her brother. (laughs) Um, this is according to one source. Um, uh, she was assaulted by her brother and was and became pregnant, uh, and then oh, that kind of assault. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, I guess I could have uh, put a more fine point on that. Um, no, no, that's okay. That's not. <laughs> um, and so she was pregnant, and then the baby was then murdered. Oh my god! By her or someone? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so allegedly, she uh, was interrogated by Arna- Einar Benediktsson. Benediktsson. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, so, which seems to indicate that maybe she was the one on trial here. But um, so she was being interrogated, and she was like so upset and so distraught that she ended up poisoning herself and died an agonizing death in his presence. You know, all things that could have been avoided through safe and legal abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, this is just a... Which definitely did exist back then, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, this podcast is liberal. Yeah. So that's all not great stuff. Um, and obviously it was pretty traumatic. Um, and so shortly after... Um, her death, Solberg, um, allegedly her ghost began appearing to Einar and others at Hufti House. Um, she would always... I no ap- longer want to say Hufti House in a joyful way. Yeah, I know it's it's a fun name, kind of a dark history, although it didn't appear to happen at the house. It, it seems like it had kind of attached itself to Einar, and then she kind of just stayed chilling at the house yeah i mean well it's the fanciest estate in reykjavik who can blame her who could blame her i mean i would she deserves something nice after all that yeah she does frankly um and yeah if you had a choice as a ghost to haunt anywhere why not pick the fanciest house in town i would but i'm a bougie bitch so same (laughs) bless we can hang out together in the fancy ritzy hotel that's right Mm -hmm. Um, Guys, you aren't going to catch us haunting the local, like, dive. Find us at the Ritz. Maybe maybe for some, like, occasional fun. Like, we, we can go and, like, slum it a little bit at the dive bars. Trivia night. <laughs> Trivia night, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, Trivia night in, like, years 
future where they ask some question about like this period in time and we just like whisper in their ear like it's this answer right <laughs> now that's what i call music for <laughs> Yeah. You know, the stuff that really matters. Stuff that really, really, really matters. It's Britney, bitch. Um, that's right. Yeah. So that's our future. Love this for us. Um, back to Hoofdy House. Um, Hoofdy House. Hoofdy House. So, uh, so the, the ghost of Solberg uh, would appear to Einar um, at night, pleading and crying. Um, and even after Einar left, uh, residents of Hovde House continued to see the ghost of Solberg, who became known as the White Lady. Of course. Love a white we lady. We gotta start nating ghosts. No, ugh, I'm bored with it. Okay. Guys, we gotta start naming shit better. That's true. That's true. I think, um, so I've been kind of connecting the, di- like, the, a white lady ghost is also, like, a trope. Um, so I don't know... I can't remember exactly, like, it, it. people believe that um, it's, like, a kind of omen of something. A lot of times it's, like, an un, a woman who's been wronged by a man. So, in this case, very, uh, very applicable. Um, very? Yeah. So, maybe that's... Complimented her wrong. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do in general agree with you that, like, especially the ones that are, like, the gray lady or the brown lady. <laughs> like, right. Come on. Get a fucking grip. If I, if I turn into a ghost and you guys start calling me the white lady, I'm going to be so bored with you. Yeah. Give me something. Give me the howling bitch or something. Ooh. Like, give me something. Give me some agency. The white lady. The white lady. <laughs> I mean, also, it's just like, I mean, for me, that's probably what I would end up being. <laughs> Who's that white lady? <laughs> it may. But like, your white ladiness wouldn't be like. It would, oh, she walks out in a white dress right. and she's so quiet and demure. It would be like... My white ladiness would be like, that is like the most distinctive thing because like, you, boy, you've never seen a lady as white as this. Right. You want to see pale? Bitch, I got some pale for you. Bitch, a pale. My white ladiness would be like, ah, oh, she brought fucking potato salad with raisins in it to the, oh. to the cookout. Oh. That's the kind of white lady oh, I like. Let's get you. some weird fucking shit. How dare. How dare. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> I'm just kidding. I would never do that to potatoes. No, please. I I know this about you, but I need you to, to reassure our listeners that you would never do this thing. I promise, guys. Okay. I do. I do put craisins in a lot of stuff, but probably not potatoes. No, please don't. Also, craisins pretty good for your kidneys, guys. Oh. Stock up. All right, good to know. Uh, so yeah, so there's a there's a white lady, a generic white lady at Hovde House. Um. If she doesn't, she doesn't always appear visibly to uh, visitors, but she will uh, allegedly make noises to make sure her presence is felt. Uh, pictures have fallen off the walls, uh, etc. My favorite story that I found uh, was that in 1970, uh, there was a group touring Hovde House uh, with a guide. And after the guide told them the story of the white lady, one of the guests said that there was no such thing as ghosts. She then proceeded to pick up a glass of champagne, because I guess it's the kind of tour where you get glasses of champagne. <laughs> Fancy. And Well, it was the 70s. It was the 70s, so yeah, who knows what they're doing. Um, I mean, maybe they're passing around lines of cocaine. Who knows? <laughs> That's true. Um, so allegedly, she picks up a glass of champagne and throws it in her own face. <laughs> 
And then, just to like illuminate where she was? Just, no. Um, so people obviously asked her like, um, excuse me, ma'am, why did you throw champagne in your own face? Um, and apparently she replied that she had no idea what had happened. Ooh. Oh, like the white lady possessed her. Yeah, she was like, and made the lady pick mm-hmm. up the champagne and throw it in mm-hmm. her own face. She's like, I'm sorry, bitch. I thought the ghost <laughs> picked up like an off, like a glass of champagne off a tray and oh, threw it on herself. Oh, 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 no, no, no! To like show where she was. No, no, no! That she possessed the the tourist, the skeptical tourist. To be like, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> which throw this glass in your face. I, I'm kind of like really on this on this woman's this this white lady's yeah. side here. I am. I, what's her name? Team uh, Sag- Sol Solberg. So I am Team Solberg. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> so um, allegedly, uh, according to local legend, that is, uh, the white ladies might not be the only ghost haunting Hovde House. Um, That's a big house. It is. Well, it's actually a lot smaller than you might think for a house that that is that important, and that was the largest estate. It's still pretty small if you actually look up some pictures of it. Um, Which I will do. You should. Um, so some locals have claimed that the land the house is built on is uh, the same uh, land as an old burial ground for Vikings. See, I knew, I told you to come back. Um, so They always do. They always do. Um, so uh, in fact, Vikings uh, settled in... Uh, the area that is present-day Reykjavik in the year 874, uh, common era, that is. Um, and according to locals, alcohol from the liquor cabinet in Hovde House frequently goes missing, and they they blame ghost Vikings. I would, too. Yeah. And if I were the local teenagers, I would encourage that. Yeah, I think that's a delightful idea, and also I'm sure the staff <laughs> encourages that idea. Right. Yeah, no, those fucking Vikings, man. <laughs> Am I low-key accusing the staff of Hovde House of stealing liquor? Maybe. Maybe. Am I saying that that's a very useful alibi if you do want to steal it? Of course. So, Just like having worked for a couple of institutions that serve at alcohol, yeah. though, I will tell you, you don't have to work that hard to get alcohol at a museum. Oh, oh yeah. Well, in a museum, I'm sure. But like, I'm sure... like. People who are like the household staff, it was probably oh, oh, kind of like right, right, right. like a tighter, tighter leash on that. Um, That's true. So yeah, I would definitely be encouraging any and all alcohol pilfering uh, from rich people. So just like a general rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the 1940s and 50s, um, Hovde House served as the British Embassy in Reykjavik. Um, and in 1952, John Greenway, who was the inhabitant at the time, insisted that the British consulate be sold or moved elsewhere because of, quote, bumps in the night. Wow. <laughs> so British. I like that he put it on paper, though, that he was like, listen, here's what's Yeah, up. yeah. I do think that that's... He wasn't like, oh, it's drafty mm-hmm. or whatever. He was like, bumps in the night, y'all. Bumps in I the night. I think there's something uh, very telling about places that, like, I mean, I feel like a lot of different local historic sites will have some kind of ghost story attached to them. I do think it's very telling when some of those sites have it, do do have it like officially documented in their own history of like different people throughout time being like, yo, this place is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) So I, yeah, I found that interesting. Um, So he like even went beyond just a 
like one complaint, he applied for special permission from the foreign office to move. <laughs> and in fact, that year they did listen to him and they sold the house back to the Icelandic government. And then it, a few years later in 1958, it was purchased by the city of Reykjavik and restored um, to its former glory. And it has since been used as a reception area for important events and allegedly paranormal events have continued Paintings suddenly appearing askew, wine falling out of refrigerators, etc. Allegedly, one staff member even appealed to the ghost to stop tormenting them at the house. Uh, and uh, according to the staff member, uh, the white lady appeared to her in a dream and promised to stop the harassment, uh, which Aww. apparently worked. So we stand Solberg. She's delightful. And she deserves better. And I hope that she is at rest. So it has uh, also been visited by Queen Elizabeth II, Winston Churchill, and Marlene Dietrich. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, one of the scariest things to happen at Hovey House, Ronald Reagan met there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1986, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev met there to pave the way to end the Cold War. Fascinating. So, yeah. And now the Icelandic government will... Quote, neither confirm nor deny whether the Hovde House is haunted. I love it. Yeah. Um, and my my sources on that, uh, real quick, were occultworld.com. Fun. Uh, werewoofs.com. Even funner. And Wikipedia. So. so, Jen, that was fantastic. I loved that. Thank you. Um, I would like to talk about something uh, that is near and dear to my heart. Um, mm. Actually, two things. Okay. Three things. <laughs> So the three things I would like to discuss with you are four things. There's so many things to discuss, Jen. This this list is getting longer. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Okay. Okay. But honestly, we're going to be quite brief with both of these just because um, there's, I want to give you the flavor, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to give you the grand tour. Oh. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. The first thing that we're going to discuss is folklore. I love folklore. Iceland is a nation rich in folklore. Yeah. We're also going to discuss museums. Ah, Love a museum. Love a good one. The third thing we're going to discuss, witchcraft. Oh my God. This story has everything. Yeah, but it also has <gasps> penises. Okay. Yes, Jen. Yes. Okay. Here we <laughs> so, are. Back in, back on our bullshit. Back on our bullshit. Kate Reed's talk about penises. It's like coming home. It is. Uh... So I have a souvenir from this place mm-hmm. um, because our good friends and friend of the show, uh, Megan, actually went to Iceland a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and she brought me back some penises from the Icelandic <laughs> Penis Museum. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, no. Little wooden ones, little keychains, uh, and they fill me with glee and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in my jewelry box because I was a teacher at the time, and I could not have them on my actual key ring. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen these. Yeah. They're in my jewelry box, though, where they are treasured keepsakes. Mm -hmm. So that is the Icelandic Phallological Museum, Mm. dedicated to the study of, the organized study of the penis. I love Iceland. I can't imagine working there. Really? It's all I think about. I can't. So I don't know if I, did I ever tell, I don't know if I told this story in the pod, and if if y'all have heard it before, forgive me, but one of my favorite professional emails I've sent so far is uh, when I was... Uh, discussing a loan of some objects from a brewery in Cooperstown 
and they were lending us a pushpin map where they had all of their visitors, you know, put a pushpin in where they're from, visiting from. And uh, I got an email from the woman who works at the brewery and she's like, um, so someone has scratched a penis on the frame. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's okay. And so we had to go, we had to, a few back and forth emails about what, how big is the penis? Where is it <laughs> located on the frame? Uh, you know, maybe how can we position it on the wall so that there's something covering it? <laughs> you know, that can you send a picture of the penis? <laughs> that's amazing. Et cetera. So, yeah, that's. I can only imagine. I would have left it there as a testament to the human condition. Oh, we did leave it there. Um, no, I mean, it, like, I wouldn't have tried to cover it. Oh, we, we covered it with, it was only, there was like a, a, you know, display case, a clear display case in front of it. So you could see it if you really tried. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to spend my whole life trying to draw dicks on stuff. You should, uh, Yeah. In yeah. fact, I think that's the only write-up I had at my last museum. <laughs> I got busted drawing a teeny tiny penis on a teeny tiny post-it note, which I then threw away. Uh, and was It was like in the trash oh until one of our young uh, front desk workers oh, no. dropped something in the trash, went to get it. She'd never seen a drawing of a penis before. I, okay. Because so she lived a very sheltered life. She's such a sweet kid. Oh, boy. So that's the one write-up I ever got. That's, that's sad. Ah, you know, if you're going to go down, go down for art. Yes, yeah, I think that's very on brand for you and never change. I tried really hard to carve a penis in my jack-o'-lantern the other night and Dan mm. stopped me. No, there's children gotta think well of I, the... there could have been an indoor jack-o'-lantern and an outdoor jack-o'-lantern there you go there you go but no dan uh dan put the kibosh on it and rightly so i didn't have the energy to carve two pumpkins <laughs> next year next year. next year next year we'll fill your house with penis pumpkins okay it's a challenge let's okay. do it mm-hmm. in fact that can be our uh our group challenge next year Ooh. everybody work a cheeky penis somewhere under your jack-o'-lantern <laughs> Ah, oh, yes, I love that. That's a good art challenge. Like a little hidden, little, little hidden dicky. Hidden. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, so let me tell you a little bit more about the Phallological Museum. Yes, please do. I want to work there so bad. I, yeah, we should. Guys, this is our in to get out of here. Ooh. Yeah. As, okay. a, as a deep admirer and an artist of penises, they should want me. Mm-hmm. All right, so like uh, your location, mm-hmm. uh, this is also located in Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. It was founded in 1997 uh, when it was just casually held within the founder's home. Oh my he God. was a high school teacher. <gasps> Amazing. And some of the teachers that he worked with were also fishermen in the summer. And they would bring him as gags uh-huh. penises from like whales and oh fish from God. the ocean. Now this man had had a pizzle stick uh, whip as a child and so he'd always kind of been fascinated by the uses of the penis mm-hmm. and do you know what a pizzle stick is i have no idea please enlighten just in me. case you ever come across one because they are still used pizzle p-i-z-z-l-e mm-hmm. is a bull's penis turned into a stick dehydrated well, um some people use them for dog toys or chews uh, oh, okay some people use them for cattle whips yeah. um it just depends on how it gets processed 
That's wrong. That's some people use them for walking that's sticks. Problematic. The things we do to bulls are pretty upsetting. <laughs> Using a dried bull penis as a cow whip. That's. Mm-mm. That's yeah. wrong. It's got some layers. Yeah, I don't like that. Every other yeah. use is, I guess, fine. I, maybe. Not I don't maybe. know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me, but yeah, I, that's I'm fine. not a fan. So this uh, phallological museum, um, the family has just worked on collecting things ever since there's a son and a daughter mm-hmm. um, and they would collect things from donated items from fishermen uh, people who found things that were cheeky in nature mm-hmm. um, things from slaughterhouses uh, just you know assembling the goal was to have a uh, species specific sample <laughs> from every no. mammal in Iceland oh my god including human Jen, thank you for asking that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Including human. Okay. Um, this is this is now grown into the world's largest display of penises. Uh, large. I should hope so. Right. Uh, they have over well well over three hundred samples from over a hundred species. Mm-hmm. The different samples, the different categories of penis. Uh, there are twenty two different categories. Mm-hmm. People creatures of Iceland, and also folklore. Folklore plays a part here. We're going to come back to that. Okay. Folklore is so steeped in Icelandic tradition, you literally cannot escape it. Hmm. So they got their first um, human penis in 2011. Okay. Unfortunately, uh-huh. it was a bad detachment. Oh, what? And oh, rather no. than <clears throat> standing tall, oh, no. it looks rather gray and... Oh shrunken oh god not at all what we wanted oh they also do have uh two different types of testicles uh Uh human testicles and a sample of foreskin um if you ever want to learn about the donation process uh of the first human penis Uh uh, to the icelandic phallological museum there is a canadian documentary called the (laughs) the final member Oh no! Oh, my that God. is the yep, that is the documentary. Oh, the final member. Uh, uh-huh. Feel free to check that out. The human penis is almost uh, it almost doesn't matter. the The rest of the collection is so wide ranging and interesting that mm-hmm. I mean, like we've all dealt with penises. Like yeah, penises. yeah. I feel like out of everything that I would be curious to see in that museum, I feel like an actual human penis would probably be last on that list. Right, seen it, done it, and moved on. <laughs> um, the largest penis that they have in their collection is the tip, just the tip of a blue whale penis. Oh, how big it's is that? Sixty-seven inches. <gasps> And it weighs 150 pounds. That's... Yeah. That's five foot... That's as tall as... That's almost as tall as me. Yeah. In diameter. Yeah, Jen. Just the tip. Oh, oh dear. They also have the smallest penis, mm-hmm. which comes from a hamster. Oh. And you actually need a magnifying glass to see it. Oh, my God. The museum features a great deal of artwork and craftsman uh, craftware, um, including lampshades made from the scrotums of bulls. Ugh, gross. Right? There's some Ed Gaines shit for you. Yeah. Um, but the folklore is really what I want to talk about briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have penis samples of trolls, elves, kelpies, okay. which is a, uh, similar to a mermaid, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, they also have a separate one for a mermaid, so... I'm not quite sure what the difference is there. Um, the beach murmurer, which is a character in folklore. Uh, the enriching beach mouse. 
and the nasty ghost of Snaefell. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The nasty ghost of Snaefell. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. so glad you want to talk about that one because I have a story. Okay, okay please do, yeah. <laughs> so this is a ghost dick. <gasps> oh my If you my look God. online, you can see photos of all of these. Uh-huh. I say you can see photos. Um, the troll dick is very mm. easy to see, and it's... <clears throat> Rock hard. Oh. When you jump online, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. But the elf one, mm-hmm. um, elves in the folklore of Iceland are invisible. Oh, okay. So guess what is in the jar? Nothing. Well, it's invisible. It's an invisible dick. <laughs> it's an invisible dick. Okay. I'm sorry. I hope you guys can see how much I'm smiling through the <laughs> speakers. <laughs> Oh, I can sense it. Uh, the mermaid one was caught in a net. Mm-hmm. It is bright green. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I love this. I want to work here so bad. I Yeah, this is. I feel like this is your application for it and just really sell how much you love it. Right. Like, I'm coming, guys. Just mm-hmm. You don't even have to pay me. I'm just going to show up. Mm-hmm. The enriching beach mouse I want to talk to you about also will come back to that. No, actually, we'll start there. Okay. So a lot of the folklore... Uh, that has to do with life in Iceland is actually about making Icelandic lower-class lives better. Hmm. So when we're dealing with um, witchcraft and sorcery in Iceland, it's actually mostly performed by men, uh, and men are usually the ones who are punished for it. So just like in the rest of the world in the 17th century, uh, there were witch hunts. There Hmm. were witch hunts in Iceland as well. Hmm. Um, And they mostly went after men of a lower class. So the men were practicing witchcraft, and the witchcraft that they practiced, or sorcery, depending on how you want to talk about it, was about making miserable lives better, making their lives a little bit easier. The enriching beach mouse was um, a little character of folklore that you could possess or come across, almost like a leprechaun, Mm -hmm. and uh, you would... The creature would steal riches from the sea and give them to you so that you could become more wealthy. Hmm. Yeah, so they have one of those penises. Now, the nasty ghost of Snaefell, this is also a 17th century story. Uh-huh. And it's about um, a man who died. Mm-hmm. His father was a pastor, and this guy just had a real shitty attitude. Mm-hmm. Kind of an asshole. He would go down to the beach and he would trick people. Sometimes he would drown them. Hmm. Um, until finally his father, the pastor, had to put the ghost to death. And in doing so... He had to put the ghost to death? Somehow collected the penis. It's a ghostly white penis kept in a jar. What is it made of? I think it's just a rock uh, that kind of looks like a penis, but I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) The family, allegedly, of the pastor Mm -hmm. from the 17th century forward, uh, they kept it in the family until the 1970s when it was donated (laughs) <laughs> uh, eventually to to this museum incredible they thought someday right wait okay so hmm so like this this like ghost thing they, the nasty ghost of snaefell yes the nasty ghost of snaefell um they the, was the only thing left of this thing the the dick you have much more detail than i have jen okay because i'm i'm just wondering at the foresight of of this family in the in the you know 1600s to like save save this this rock dick all this time i mean um you you are sounding like more of a believer in the story than i am 
Oh, I, I'm a full believer. I think this 100% happened, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well good. <laughs> then, then, yeah, they just had incredible foresight, Jen. Yep. Okay. We'll call it foreskin foresight. Yes, thank you. I was dancing around that uh, <laughs> phrase. You knew the joke was there. I knew it, it was there. You just had to t- tunnel down to it. I was, I was kind of implying it, and then, yeah, I would just alley-ooped it right in there. Okay. You know who doesn't imply things? Kate Reed. Yeah. Kate Reed will tell you right out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The penises on display are preserved through pickling, salting, drying, stuffing, mm. uh, and also just dunked in formaldehyde. Yep. So it's fairly rudimentary. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, they get more than 12,000 visitors a year, so it's a pretty popular destination. Yeah. So that is the first place I wanted to tell you about. Okay. Uh, the other place I wanted to tell you about is slightly off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. A little more remote. That is the Witchcraft or Sorcery Museum. I'm sorry, this place... Slash restaurant. This place has a dick museum and a witch museum in a restaurant. In a restaurant known for serving mussels. I, I want... To, okay, Iceland, you are, you are starting to win in the competition of Iceland versus New Zealand for my new place to live. It's very cold there, though. Yeah, that the name is not that enticing, I will tell you that. <laughs> better than Greenland, though. Mm, that's true. But Greenland sounds better, but is worse. Yes. And that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Anyway, so. So, the Witchcraft Museum. Mm-hmm. Remember how I said before, and how we discussed before, that Iceland is a hodgepodge mm-hmm. of cultures that have been coming together since the 8th century? Yes. That was problematic in the 17th century. Ooh, different cultures? The different cultures coming together had pagan beliefs oh. from the Norse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also Christian beliefs from Irish settlers who came over frequently. I can't, I cannot believe that Christians would be so xenophobic. <laughs> <laughs> so this problem between the pagan and the Norse, uh, the pagan, the which are the Norse, and the Christian Irish, mm-hmm. built and built and built for centuries until it looked like they were not going to be able to avoid civil war. Mm. So it became practice to take Christianity as the official religion via parliament, Mm -hmm. but allow people to practice their Norse pagan beliefs kind of in secret, but like one of those secrets that everybody knows about. Yeah. Um, It's actually still something they deal with today. Whenever you build a tunnel or or dig fresh ground, Mm -hmm. uh, you would put a statue, a pagan statue of an elf. And it's uh, something that truly bothers the deeply Christian in their communities um, mm-hmm. But it's such a part of tradition and folklore that most people just leave it be. Yeah, that sounds very like Irish and the fairy folk kind of a deal. Exactly. Exactly. Very similar traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, as I said, most of the people who were practicing sorcery or witchcraft were men. And it was about making their lives more bearable. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the spells were about, you know, making life more bearable, but in a very masculine way. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, when you think of witchcraft for women, yeah, what do you think of? Ooh, um, so a lot of times I picture like well, women helping other women with like love potions or or potions fortune to get telling. fortune telling, uh, potions to get rid rid of babies, abortion. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, all that stuff. The witchcraft that men did mm-hmm. uh, in in Iceland was a little different, and it's mm-hmm. very boys will be boys. I had a feeling it was gonna lead to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now. 
the first example I'll give you is actually only can be performed by a woman. Mm -hmm. So this is an outlier. But you would have to take a freshly interred man's rib, Mm -hmm. smuggle it between your breasts for three moons. Okay. Or three weeks, rather, not moons. Wrap it in gray stolen wool, uh, ideally stolen from a poor widow. (laughs) Obviously. We come for the widows a couple times here. (sighs) Um, And then when you go to church, you have to smuggle the bone in between your breasts with you. And rather than uh, finishing your communion, Mm -hmm. you cheek it and spit it onto the bone. Three times. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) It just cracks me up. And then you suckle it between your legs. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where it will leave a mark like a wart, but will eventually then turn into this weird worm thing that steals goat's milk so that you can make very yeah. much butter and make a lot of money. I, this is the most complicated enterprise. But it's about making money. Yeah. And that is not as common as the witchcraft we normally deal with. Why don't they just... Steal goat's milk. Why do they have to go through all this trouble of, like, making another little, like, dick teat on their leg? (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. Men are always making things way more complicated. Well, in this case, only women could do that one. Oh, right. But still, you're not wrong. Okay. Wait till you hear about how you get your own zombie slave. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So... In order to get somebody to rise from the dead, and you had to be very choosy about who you'd want, Mm -hmm. you would want somebody young or weak. So you would shout particular poems and incantations. You would walk across the fresh grave and you would spit many times. Mm. As the body rose from the grave, it would be nine times stronger than it was when he died. (laughs) Nine times. Which is why you chose somebody weak or little. Oh, okay. Yeah, because imagine... Because now you have to fight them. Oh, shit. Yeah, imagine if you chose like a recently deceased henry cavill or something you would be dead you would be dead yeah forget about it yeah so you have to fight him okay and uh one of the ways to beat him Mm -hmm. in this boss battle of the undead oh jen i can't even say it out loud it's real (laughs) gross oh no the the fresh corpse will leak things from its nose uh, some sort of snot or liquid or brain goo okay you have to no lick it no and clean his face with your tongue fuck and then he is your servant forever uh, uh, and he can carry out your chores and at what cost help you just hire someone my guy ah uh, yeah but that would cost money it would cost money, and uh, baby crime pays. I don't and licking a zombie man's boogers, brain juice is free. Uh, or at least the cost isn't coming from your pocket. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jen, do you want to hear the worst thing? That's not the worst thing. Nope. Oh, God. So the first thing I will tell you, uh-huh. the artifact on display is not genuine. Okay, thank God. They were made with shocking uh, accuracy mm-hmm. by somebody who does, like, movie set design. Mm. So That sounds like a fun job. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, no no um, intact, authentic pair of these has ever been found. Okay. They're called the Necro Pants. Oh, oh no. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Necro pants. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> These are pants made of human skin. And their job is to shake money magically into the scrotum of the human body's skin pants. Wait, 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 Uh wait. Yep. We've circled back to penises, Jen. Okay. Okay. So I'm glad we're back to penises. Weirdly, I'm not as grossed out by this as I was about licking zombie boogers. Um, I mean... Yeah. I, I haven't told you how to make them yet. Do you want to learn how to make well, them? Well, I'm guessing, but, and even so, um, what I'm confused about is, okay, tell me how this, okay, you, you make these necro pants, which I have assumptions and I'm assuming you're going to get into. Um, do you, you, and then you shake the pants? Well, you, I mean, I imagine. You shake the pants and then money appears in the scrotum of these necro pants? Yes. Okay. And I think that's, I think that's why I picture shaking them. Oh, I've okay. never had a penis. Okay, but so I think like if it was capturing like hmm. money from the ether, yeah, it would be like those little cat bank paws where like <laughs> a little thing pops up and like grabs it and drags it into the bank. Yuck! Um, and that can only be accomplished through shaking. Is okay. in my head. I don't know if that's the, true. The important part is that it's not coming out of the the shaker's scrotum. No, no, no. Okay. It's coming from like. Loose change in the world. That's so weird and gross, and I yeah. don't understand. I shall now describe to you. Good God! How these are created. This is from the uh, from the official card, the display card at the actual museum. You can see all of these online. I would totally encourage you checking out this Strangaldor. S T R A N D A G A L D U R. We'll have to put a the link. Museum of Icelandic Sorcery and Witchcraft. So, <clears throat> first, you have to get permission from the man who dies. Okay, that sounds like a weird and awkward conversation to have. Yeah, you gotta... Oh, Jen, what are friends for? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're almost there to that yeah. level. Yeah. I, obviously, you could wear my pants. I don't think I could wear yours. But <laughs> still, yeah. Uh. So, you get permission from the person who dies. So, Jen... Mm-hmm. When I die, you have permission to skin me from the waist down. Please do not. No. No, I, I'm not going to do this thing. <laughs> I guess it doesn't count because I don't have a scrotum. That's true. Where would you keep it? I mean, I have folds, which are kind of like pockets. Lord knows I've held things in them before. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we'll have to think about this. Well, there's a very obvious oh, pocket. I, I yeah. just realized. <laughs> yep. Yep. In fact, one might argue we have the best natural pocket. God's pocket. God's pocket. Nature's pocket. Gross. 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 Difficult to wear with pants, though. Yeah. You'd have to, Okay. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's... Mm, it's more of... Everybody worry about this on your own time. It's more of like a piggy bank situation. That's true. Oh, I've always wanted to be this piggy. Okay. All, All right. right. <laughs> so, oh, you have to get permission. It has uh-huh. to be discussed ahead of time, and the guy has to die of natural causes. Otherwise, okay. you're sus. Yeah, yeah, this is a very life insurance kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, no murdering mm-hmm. to get the benefits. That's right. It's got to work out. Mm-hmm. So after he's been buried, you have to dig up his body. Hatch. Flay the skin of the corpse. In one piece, which is hard to do. Yeah. From the waist down, including the genitals. Yuck. 
Yeah. As soon as you step into the pants, they are <sighs> going to stick to your own skin. <sighs> Indeed. <laughs> the coin must then be stolen, preferably from a widow. Uh, uh, yep. Again, we're stealing from... From the widows. widows I yes. know. Bunch of punk-ass hillbillies. Mm-hmm. So you place that in the scrotum along with a magical sigil, mm-hmm. uh, which is on display here, so you don't have to, like, make it up. You can copy what they have. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want you to be working... I, I don't want you to work from scratch here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you write that on a piece of paper, put that in the scrotum along with the stolen coin. Okay. And now, that coin is going to draw money into the scrotum uh, so that it's never empty. So it's like the secret, but with... But with ball sack coins. Shriveled up scrotum coins. Yep. Okay. Isn't that the greatest thing you've ever heard of? It's so dumb. Why? <laughs> why, why, why? Also, I feel like if you've got your real scrotum tucked mm-hmm. in next to this money and piece of paper... Yeah, that seems uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, right? Like, yeah. It seems like a really good way to get paper cuts, maybe. <laughs> Yuck. That's the worst place to get a paper cut. Uh, I don't... I... Yeah. Okay. I don't want to think about that. Okay. Mm. So, uh, this will never be empty so long as you never spend the original coin. Okay. Now, you also have to worry about your immortal soul, because we've been working on the pagan here. Yes. But Iceland is a place of both. So, in order to ensure your salvation at the end of your life, mm-hmm. you have to convince someone to take the pants <laughs> and step into each leg as soon as you step out of it. And oh. then... The necro pants will now gather for them. So you take your your next buddy or your next of kin and you're like, listen, I have a proposition for you. Right. <laughs> I will keep these uh, for a while and then you will take them and pass them on. Yeah, like uh, think like the invisibility cloak, but for it's really like fucked up shit. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Yeah. <laughs> But the worst possible version of it. In the absolute worst way. <laughs> the, the fraternity of the, of the traveling necropath. I would read that book. I would read that book. I would. Yeah, I gotta say, it's kind of, it's starting to turn around for me. That's right. Um, so guys, go check out their witchcraft museum. It's in Holmovic, uh, which is a little more remote, kind of outside of Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also make amazing mussels apparently, so not to All be right. missed. <laughs> um, All right. See the necro pants. Remember that they are not real. They yes. were never found in like an archaeological dig. Uh, they're actually from designer, stage designer Arnie Paul Johansson. Okay. There you go. Uh, Jen, do we have a listener story? Uh, so this listener story is anonymous. Um, I love an anonymous story. Spooky. And also that they requested um, a content warning again uh, for um, talk of mental health, uh, substance abuse, and suicide. So there you go. If that's not for you, see ya. We've had a great episode um, hanging out with you in your ears. Love you guys. We love you. Okay. So, uh, they write, hello, my lovely ladies, you are by far my number one podcast and I have re-listened to your episodes countless times. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for all the hard work that you put into your shows. I love getting the history before the haunted. It makes the show one of the most well-rounded out in podcast land. (sighs) On to my story. You're going to make me cry. Thank you. 
Okay. First off, this is not a pity party. I don't want or need it. My life has done a complete 180 in the last few years, and I look back at these times not in sorrow, but as a learning lesson and ex- uh, life good experiences. So... Around 2009, I was 27 and had just gotten out of a horrid job. It was so bad that I ended up getting PTSD from it and did not help my major depressive disorder, which I had already been struggling with for years. Like a lot of people, I had also been self-medicating for years with alcohol. Ooh, that's so tough. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was in the same boat in 2009. Yep. That's... Folks, try not to lean on alcohol as a crutch. It's, It's... it's fun. It can be a nice treat, but yeah, try not to let it become something you need. And I recognize that I say that as a from a point of privilege is not being addicted to it, but right, you know, right, right. It's tough. Um, it is so tough. Yeah. That being said, I think some of my addictions kind of saved my life. Well, I mean, I think there's there's like degrees of. You know, it's it's kind of a fine line. Exactly. Yeah. Degrees of harm is certainly true. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I don't want to, I, you know, let's, let's anyway, keep going. Yeah. Keep sorry. Going. Um, I so shouldn't be taking this tact anyway. <laughs> um, so all of this combined together and because a friend of mine said the wrong ass thing of quote, you're so negative all the time. You have to get over it. Ooh. Oh, that's not helpful. That's gaslighting. Yeah. Um, it pushed me over the edge and not for the first time I tried to exit the savage world. Oh. Is this too much? No, keep going. Okay. I ended up in the emergency room and was then sent to a psychiatric inpatient clinic at the back, in the back of a sheriff's car. Um, our idea of how to help people with mental health issues is a complete fucking joke. Yep. Not wrong. Uh, when I arrived, I was told I could either volunteer to be committed, which looks better for you, or I could have a 72-hour hold put on me, which would mean I would have to go through the court system, and that shit could be on permanent record. Plus, I wouldn't be allowed any luxuries like being able to go outside to smoke twice a day or call people. So I volunteered, and I had to spend the night in the creepiest floor where the most severe patients were before being transferred up to inpatient. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Um, yeah. Before I go on, and I forget to mention, this facility was a converted hospital. I was actually born in this hospital. Uh, on the fourth floor where I would be staying was the same floor that used to be the OBGYN floor, uh, that I was born on. So I potentially... That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I potentially could have been staying in the same room that I was born in. Kind of a full, full circle. circle shit, I guess. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Great minds. Wow. Um, yeah. I'll skip the rest of the bullshit I had to go through and get to the meat of the story. My fellow patients quickly pointed out to me that another way to mentally escape this place was to ask for sleep medication so you could, quote, get a better night's sleep... The medication was Ambien, which will knock you the fuck out in only minutes after you've taken it. So I started taking this for sleep, and that's when I started to see shit. Ambien is not a joke. It is one of those uh, pills that I don't think I would ever take. Mm. I already am a weird sleeper, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll fuck with you. Like, you'll, like, wake up in your car. You'll wake up at a Starbucks. That's It's crazy. crazy. Wow. That's wild. I would maybe take it at a hospital where I know that they could lock the doors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but nev- never on my own. Hmm. All right. 
Well, I have never taken it, but that sounds terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. The dosage we were all on was, I assume, pretty high because you would be out cold in 15 minutes or less. Jesus Whoa. Christ. Uh, at about 10 minutes is when I would start to see shadow people in my room, and most of the time I would fight to stay awake so I could watch. I would be laying in bed with my eyes open, and I would see shadows of people walking across the room. They literally looked like the outline of a person, but in shadow form with no discernible filled-in features like eyes or clothes. And it was never just one, but around three to eight. I was fascinated by them. It was as if whatever they were doing had nothing to do with what was physically going on in the room. I would, mm-hmm. I would say like a residual haunting. Yes. Or, or seeing through to another dimension. Hmm, interesting. Uh, they would walk around back and forth like they were doing tasks, but weren't impeded by where the beds that were in the room or take any interest in myself or the other occupant. Like, we weren't there. This happened every night for my entire forced stay, which was about three and a half weeks. Wow. Every night. Oh. Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah, fighting ambient does not seem like a good time to me. Mm-mm. Uh, they were never threatening in any way. They were just doing their own thing, and I never felt scared. Off and on over the years, I have thought about my experience and wondered if by taking the Ambien, my brain was in a spot to see these beings. I, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was able to see them through a thinning of the veil. I will fully disclose, however, that a known side effect of Ambien is hallucinations, so I could have just been tripping balls. <laughs> and sometimes that happens when you fight sleep medication. Yeah, yeah. Um, so besides the I might have been hallucinating theory, I have a few other theories as to what I was seeing in my days at the loony bin. Uh, <laughs> I love your energy. Yeah. Uh, maybe there were imprints of nurses or doctors helping patients, and I was just seeing a repeat of things that had happened in the past, or maybe these were guardian angels looking out for former and current patients. And maybe I was seeing them because I was in an altered state, not only from the ambient, but also my mental vulnerability. That all sounds plausible. Yeah. Uh, I didn't then or now ever think of them as ghosts or like the more common scary stories of shadow people. They don't seem to fit into those categories. It seemed like they weren't really an entity, more like a projection, like a hologram, not something that was a person or a soul, like they weren't a real living being, just a recreation of one. After leaving the facility, I have thankfully never seen any since. I have to tell you that and if any of this happened in, quote, normal circumstances, I would like to see it, like if I would see it in my room today, I would nope right the fuck out of there and get as God far bless. away as possible. Yes, that is the correct response. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I might like listening to creepy stories, but I don't want to be a part of one. That is uh, also very valid. Um, And to end on a positive note, my depression is fully managed these days with medication. Uh, Thank you. That's that's very good news, and we're very happy for you. Um, In the last few years, I dedicated myself to getting the help that I needed and to freeing myself from the awful negative thoughts that that bitch depression would make me think. It was not easy, but I but it's well it was well worth it, and I feel finally free. 
Um, if you are fighting against any mental health issues, I strongly suggest seeking out new answers. The first step can be the hardest, I know. It took me decades to do it, and the road can be a long and frustrating one with months, with the months it takes to find out if medications will work or not. But if you stay the course and find the right combinations for yourself, therapy, medications, meditation, exercise, or anything else, you will thank yourself in the end. Life is too short to be miserable all the time. I believe in you. Stay strong, all you spooky motherfuckers. Anonymous. Well, that made me cry. Yeah. That was really, really nice. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much for those beautiful, beautiful words. Um, And I hope that they help other people out there. And I hope that you are staying strong. And I hope that everyone who is hearing this is staying strong. And I'm sure... Sure, things are not great whenever you're <laughs> listening to this. Um, so not. if you ever feel like things are too hard, uh, please, please reach out for help. Um, there are so many people in our community who are happy to listen and to provide any care. But also, please, if you need to, uh, you know, therapy is wonderful and great. And it is. Medication for mental illness is totally normal Common. and okay. Yes. And it takes a while to find the right cocktail, but please, it's worth it for your own. We're glad you guys health. are at our party. Please stay. Yes. Please stay. Oh, a right, happy so. and kind of heavy note. <laughs> um, yeah, but like that's like the good, like happy, heavy, like, mm-hmm. like a good, I don't know, anti anxiety blanket. I liked that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, my darlings, um, it is 836, which is 36 minutes past my kidney's bedtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to go to bed right now. Yeah. Uh, or the, the nap will take me. Yes. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to check us out on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash this podcast. It's haunted. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, we are at the handles listed below in the description. Uh, we are on Facebook at this podcast is haunted discussion group our secret group secret um, we tell secret. everybody about it it's the best place on the our internet. secret group that we tell everyone all the time um so i hope you are staying well and staying sane and staying safe and, and staying safe please keep your masks on mm-hmm. and until next time nope i'm saying it and until next time oh is um, it my turn you, to say yeah. the next okay yes because i've said it too much All right. Uh, Stay spooky, motherfuckers. Badoosh.